You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Faith. Uh, Lord, in this place, do that which only you can do. Accept all our offerings, our worship, and our praise and thanksgiving. Gospel shout a big amen. A huge amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus as you take your seats, if you're standing. Good morning, church. Um, I've lost count of what day it is in the fast. Uh, 13, 13. Uh, celebrate Shama who should have got experience earlier. Thank you so much. And I particularly like the pattern had got experience where she says that when there was an issue for two days, she could not eat. Let me tell your neighbor, I hope you are fasting before they make you fast. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a way they can break your heart. And you can't eat. Caleb, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but you've been there. <laughs> but, but we trust God. It's been, a, it's been a good time. There are days I wake up and I'm like, just meaning the fast. I'm like, yes, you know, bring it on. And there's some days I wake up and I look at the time like, it's just 10 o'clock, well, you know. <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you haven't joined the fast yet, uh, it's, a, it's a moving train. We'll ask you, please join. Uh, we trust God. Um, we, we had testimonies already. And... and I've been really blessed. And I know this is something I could not do by myself. Um, and just the encouragement and having the church do it, being part of the church and doing it, it's, it's awesome. Um, so please help me. I said the person next to you, please fast with me. Please fast with me. Okay, the fast is when you wake up in the morning, uh, I've heard people say, okay, I just stay up till four. But when you wake up in the morning, up all the way till five, you can drink lots of water. Uh, but what we have is themes for each particular day. Um, all this week, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll be meeting to pray here, okay? 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, one hour every week, every day. So please come. All right. And, and you know, like I said to us when we were starting the fast, it's not just a fast away from food. It's a movement towards God and in God. So I ask you, please don't just watch the clock. Watch God. All right? I know how it can be when you're fasting like this. Two o'clock. Okay, let me go into this long meeting now. So when I come out, it's four thirty. Ah, four thirty. Let me just. I'll just go to admin. But then I come back from admin to be four forty-five. I just told Kechi, you know, Kechi, just put my lunch here. I'm coming now. <laughs> then five o'clock meets you there. But but beyond that, uh, there's there's a love walk you should be building in this fast. So there are things that you should be doing in this fast. I ask you not to if, try and create the habit of not breaking your fast alone. Um, look for someone who, who maybe doesn't even have food or who needs company in the evenings, you know, spend time with family, call people and pray for them, send someone a gift. And when you read Isaiah 58 about the fast that God has desired, he's very clear about the fact that within the fast that you dedicate your life to him and then to people, right? You're looking for someone who's brokenhearted. If I when Jesus talks about a fast, he says people should not look at your face and know that you are fasting. So you should be all radiant. You should look very good when you're fasting. Um, but it's out of the abundance of love that comes from you that they should realize that there's something special about these 40 days. All right? God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. So we start a new discussion, fighting temptations. Okay? Fighting temptations. We ask the person next to you, have you been tempted? Have you been tempted? Okay. Um, <laughs> some, someone's nervous laughter. It's like, 
I'd like us to read uh, James chapter 4. James chapter 4, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. It says, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned on mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Um, I'd like us to just move down to First Peter 5. First Peter 5, uh, and we'll read out verse 8 to 11. First Peter 5, verses 8 to 11. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But he doesn't leave it there. He says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings have been experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It says, but may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So this whole concept of resisting the devil from a place of vigilance, from a place where you are steadfast in faith, from a place where you are submitted to God. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll look at this whole concept of fighting temptation. Why is this important? When you go through Luke chapter 2, or 4 actually, when it talks about Jesus' 40-day fast, the beginning of his ministry, uh, Luke 4, 1 to 13, it says, Now Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And when you read further down all through Luke chapter 4, he begins to, we didn't talk about the big one. So we kind of all know the big temptations, you know. Um, when he says to him, you know, turn the stones into bread, jump down and worship and all that. But we don't realize that all through the 40 days that Jesus is constantly being tempted. But I like, you know, this is why I read, read you know, James chapter 4 and, and 1 Peter 5 first. I like the fact that scripture is very clear that our role as Christians is not just to be in a place where we are afraid of temptation of the devil. And I'll explain why. But he says to resist. Someone just say that word, resist, resist. I've been nudged the person next to you. Just tell him resist, resist, resist. And, you know, James says that we, when we resist the devil, that he will flee from us. And that's a slightly different picture from the one you sometimes get in home videos where we are the ones who are running away from, from the devil. And this whole concept of a resistance has been in my mind the whole week. And sometimes when, if you follow military history or political history, you would hear about the resistance, right? And it's an organized effort against tyranny or an occupying power. So you would hear... You know, there was a resistance, or we belonged to the resistance, okay? Our earliest histories, uh, records of human history, tell us that temptation has been a fact of life. A fact of life. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, we join 
Adam and Eve, one of the first notable social encounters they have is one that brings temptation. First guests that they have. Bible says in verse 4, says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took off its fruit and ate. And then she also gave to her loving husband with her and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves covering. I've always wondered what would have happened. Right, let's just go there. What would have happened if only Eve had eaten this thing? <laughs> All the guys say amen. 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 Let's, let's leave it there for now. Okay, okay but, but it's a fact of life. Even Jesus was tempted when we read Luke 4. So, and if Jesus was tempted, it's, it's a bit interesting for us to think that we won't be tempted. Okay? It's, I say that the devil has a ministry. When you read John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So how does the devil fulfill his ministry is through the element of temptation. But scripture is full of examples of godly resistance. You know, I, I like that story about the, the, three, um, the three Hebrew boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says that they'd got into a place where we were doing well politically. Um, you know, they'd been pulled out of their home, but they were doing well politically. And then uh, the king of the day just decides, look, guys, I'm bored. Let's go and worship an idol. No provocation, nothing. And not only does he want to worship the idol, he says, every single person in the city must worship with me. You read Daniel chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. He says, now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and pastry, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fairy furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor do we worship the gold image which you have set up. Understand that they were, they were risking annoying the king. Everybody else in the city had agreed to bow. Everybody else in Lagos was doing it. Then you are the, so you, and you know how it is when everybody else has done it. Your neighbors, the guys who you look, and then you then want to say, ah, I don't really collect bribes, sir. And your boss, ah, come on, you know I'm a deacon in my church. <laughs> you know, don't we, we both go for fellowship. We listen to, you know, everybody else was doing it. And it's not just a case of everybody else was doing it. Uh, they were going to lose their political careers. 
The king also says to them, you can smell that barbecue. <laughs> you can smell, you've heard about the fire. The king says to them, look, I'm going to put you into fire. It's not like hellfire that is still futuristic. Something like, we're not really sure. God is very merciful hellfire, I'm not sure. This is like real fire. You can see the smoke. They've told them stories. And they're still resisting. Three of them, no, we're not going to, we're not, we're not going. No, 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 no. We can't do this. We, we can't do this. Then the king gets upset. And then when you read Daniel chapter 3, he says, get the biggest men in the army. Send them to go and make the fire seven times hotter. Then they run back and tell the king, they've done it. Says, but by the way, the guys who were trying to make the fire hotter, they died in the fire. <laughs> At that time, somebody that said, wisdom is profitable to direct. <laughs> I think God can see that I've been trying. But just the concept I love there is the fact that the guys say to, they say, look, come, it doesn't matter. We have decided that we are not going to bow down to this image. We, we've decided we're resisting. And I'm going to come back to this story later. But temptations reveal that the devil has limited power over the will of man. The devil has very limited power over the will of man. He must find ways to influence our desires, to present us with opportunities, and then hopefully direct our actions. But he can't just say to Samuel, Samuel, steal that bunch of plantain, carry it in your head, run away. He, he, he can't, and because you know, Samuel has the spirit of God within him and, and doesn't really like plantain like that, you know. But for him to achieve the things that he then wants to do, he must tempt us. Help me ask the person next to you again. Are you being tempted? Are you, are you being tempted? Are you being tempted? If they're not responding, look for somebody else on the other side. <laughs> are you being tempted? And so what we're going to do today is, you know, just broad introductions. Because the Bible actually does what I call like a small categorization of temptations, okay? When you read First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, it says, do not love the world. Or the things in the world. He says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and he then does a small categorization. He says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And you know, we would look, we would look through this. I think next Sunday we start with the pride of life. Okay, we we'll start with the pride of life. That's a good one. Start with the pride of life. But the aim. Of, of all temptation is essentially to bring you into a place of disobedience and then condemnation. And I sent someone yesterday that the object of temptation is not just to make you do something. No, 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 no. It's not just being tempted to touch. No, 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 no. It's not. Stay focused, guys. Focus, 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 guys. How do I know these things? I hear you. <laughs> How do you know them too? Okay. But no, no, that's not it. The, the, the aim of temptation is not just whether you should take the money or not. No. The whole idea is to draw you away from God. So you, do you think that the devil was interested in Adam and Eve having some vegetarian diet and said, do you not been having enough fruits? That wasn't his. He, he didn't care. No. It wasn't, he, he cared less about their diet. His all his whole aim was to pull them away from God. The end game is to bring you to a place where your heart cannot boldly access God. A place of shame. 
a place where death reigns. That's the whole aim. And so sometimes it's useful to have that perspective when you're dealing or fighting with the temptation. It's not just whether you should sleep with how or not. No, 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 no. Tell the person next to you, no, 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 uh, no, no. And somebody just needs to understand that. So when you're battling with the temptation, you know, some part of you is thinking, ah, should I, should I, no, should I? Mm-mm, that's not what it is. Okay, I have to control my, I have to focus today. Just really focus. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Please help me ask the person next to you, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I was praying yesterday. I said, Lord, everybody who's been hiding from you, and they will come back home today. They will come back home today. I don't know who's been tempted to a place where when you then hear God's voice, when you, it's okay in the crowd like this, you don't mind. But when you're in your private moments and you hear God's voice, you, you hide. You hide. But, but I pray that you, will, you are coming back home today. You're coming back home today. And the aim of temptation is to bring you to a place where you're essentially separated from God. That's the whole idea. So when we talk about fighting temptations in this season, understand it is common to man. Temptations do not... I'm going to jump in. It's, it, there are no respecter. Let's four big thoughts, and I think that's my first big one. Four big thoughts. Number one, temptations are common to man. First Corinthians 10, 12 to 13 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except as is common to man. For God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You, you know that song that says, we're a family? So I've got all my sisters with me. You know that one? It's slightly beyond your time. Foolish, this is our song. It's our generation. Sorry. Okay. Um, but all, so, the, so the, the guy standing, you know Falabi who was singing just now? You guys know Falabi? Award winning, about to win a Grammy. <laughs> Grammy nominated. Follow me, I warn you. They did nominate you for Grammy. You don't carry me. <laughs> I'm going upstate with you. I'm not going to say anything. Just wave to my family from the back. <laughs> ah, no, follow me. We're going together. <laughs> so even Minister Follow me. Yeah, you saw the way he carried the thing like a rock star. Minister, Minister Follow me gets tempted. Pastor Fulusha, you guys know her. PFG. Fair sunshine. Spitting scripture and prophetic, all sorts. She gets tempted. Uh, she gets tempted. You guys know Rolly? Rolly is the one who prays. <laughs> Niger Delta Dynamite. She, she led prayers today. She's the one who prays fiery prayers, you know? And in the middle, it looks like you're like, you're not praying, you're not praying. You, <laughs> you know? <laughs> she gets tempted. You know P.I.? Tall, dark, handsome chap. <laughs> Intelligent, blessed. Drive the G-Wagon. You know that guy. He gets tempted. 
you know Pastor Godman, yeah, our Jew. <laughs> he gets tempted. But the person sitting next to you that has been singing worship songs as if they wrote them with hill songs. See, they were there when they were writing them. Yeah, they get tempted. Have me tell the person next to you. I think you get tempted. I, I, I hear you get tempted. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, we can come to church and speak in tongues, you know, Chinese, Portuguese, mix it with a bit of Yoruba, but you get tempted. The Bible says there is no temptation that has overtaken you. And I like that. I like that. It says, except that which is common to man. And because sometimes, you know, you think your temptation is special. <laughs> you, you think, ah, the way my body is shaking like this. It has never happened. It's, it's common to man. That's number one. Number two is that temptations have seasons. Temptations have seasons. When we go through Luke chapter 4 later, uh, verse 13, Luke chapter 4 says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, Jesus, until a more opportune time. Until an opportune time. Because there are times when you are vulnerable. There are times when you are weak. When did Jesus get tempted? For 40 days. It was by himself. 40 days. There are times when you are alone. In fact, there are times when you think you are very accomplished. Guys know, you know when you've just been paid the biggest bonus of your life. Who born them? <laughs> and you just want to show them that those people that didn't borrow you pencil in primary four... <laughs> The, your te- the guy that was looking down at you the other day, your neighbor that was spraying his nice perfume somewhere that you could... Sp- all of you just want to show them that you serve a living God. For those who watch football, they tell you that uh, some teams are most vulnerable right after they've scored. Some teams are just absolutely vulnerable. Okay? <laughs> and we'll go there today. But if... <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's leave that matter, okay? There's <laughs> no, no reason going where sadness lies. But don't you wonder, don't you wonder that the devil did not go and tempt Eve when Adam was around? So he waits until Adam is taking a stroll. And then he says, did God say? Because, you know, it might have been and I suspect, just put a case for Brother Adam, that if he was there and she asked, did God really say? Adam said, yes, he said. You know, don't you know how much bolder you are when the mother one, you know? You know, if there are 10 of you and one guy says, you know, I'm going to beat all of you, you kind of think, look, we can shall take him. We can we somehow we manage to take him. So there are seasons. I put a note there that, you know, while there are natural seasons for temptation, that we must also be careful not to be the ones who create a season of temptation. Because, you know, if you, if you go to a strip club every night, you are not even allowing seasons to come. You, you are the season. <laughs> you are the season. <laughs> you say, does that affect me? I'm just going to speak in tongues quietly. You are the season. Um, as the course of the, during the course of the week, preparing and thinking for this, about this, Dropped in my heart says that the rate of temptations, just the rates, the, 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 the cycles that come, will increase as the end of the ages approach. 
Because the things which we would see as the world wraps, the age wraps, sometimes will, will just make you wonder. So the Bible says the devil left him until a more opportune time, until a time that was better for him to come and tempt him. So number one, temptations are common to man. Number two, there are seasons. Number three, there is a process of temptation. I think we've talked about it last year, but I'll just talk about it again. James chapter 1, verses 14 to 15. Scripture says, but each one, just to make it clearer, but IBK, you know, Ibukun, is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, not another person's desires, his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, there's a, you guys know pidgin English? You know how to speak pidgin English? You know, what, you know how to say conceived? What's the, what's the word? Huh? No, that's no, don't born, it's not conceived. You don't carry belly, thank you. So when, when it has gotten to that place, you know, where desire, you know, you can wake up with a desire and you, <laughs> when it says conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when you've trained it, you've trained it, it's fully grown, brings forth death. So we, we spark the wrong desires or we find that the wrong desires already exist. And then we find an opportunity to marry that desire to and it conceives. And then we act upon the desire. You know, um, I must say this. That if when, you, when you fight against an opponent, what tends to happen is you Especially one you understand. You look for, you can't, so when you play, you, you look for their weakest link. You, you, you find what their weaknesses are. I play tennis a bit. And one of the things skilled people do when they play against other people is they look for, or oh, say this guy, when you're going, somebody tell you, ah, are you playing Charles? Say yes, ah, doesn't have backhand. That means he doesn't have, so what they do is that if the opponent puts the ball on the, on the side where you should use your backhand constantly. In fact, when you play doubles tennis, so two people here, two people there, skilled opponents look for the weakest person. So I've played doubles before, and sometimes I'm the weakest person, sometimes I'm not, okay? But sometimes when I'm the weakest person, you just find that the guys on the other side are playing all the balls to you. All the balls. It doesn't matter where they side they are. Anything they get, just put it to your side. So sometimes your partner's like, play to me now, play to me. The guys don't matter. They want to win, and so they play to where the perceive is the weakest link. And, and so you need to understand that when the devil tempts us and sends us desires, he, he looks for our weakness. He's observed us since we we're young. He's observed the setting in which we we're born. And so there are certain places where he knows, ah, if I, I mean, Folusha cannot be walking through the market and she's just tempted to take plantain. This is how you know I'm fasting because I'm not referencing food. All right? <laughs> she can't be tempted to just pick up that plantain and run. It doesn't she hears that she just moves on? But I'm not going to now try and give a proper example of what you're tempted by. But there are things where the devil knows he knows for sure. He knows that ah, if I no, I'm not going to try. I'm just going to leave it there. But he knows he's been watching you since you were young, and and so there's this whole concept of you know that which is tailor made for you. It's it's almost as if. It's your own bespoke 
you know, it's, 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 you know, when people, sometimes I've heard someone teach out of Hebrews chapter 12, where the Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw uh, off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And it says, it's almost like a suit that has been made for you. And so I say, when it comes to desires, when it comes to this whole process of temptation, it is important that you audit the desires that you carry in your heart. Because Paul says, or James says, that when we are tempted, we are drawn away by our own desires. You're drawn away by your own desires. That's why we keep on praying for wisdom and discernment, that we make right choices. Okay. I try to put this together. The fourth thing, so, so desires, uh, temptation is common to man. All people get tempted. There's seasons. There's a process. Jesus and I can win over every temptation. Jesus and I can win over every temptation. Because I think we've come to the place where talking about victory over sin we're very careful, like, ah, you don't want to be the one that's talking. You know how when you say, I have victory, I have victory. Sometimes people are like, no, don't speak quietly. The devil might hear, you know. Sometimes when people think of Job, you're like, no, I, I don't want to be the guy who Jesus is, who God is talking to the devil about and say, have you seen my son? Samuel. Say, hey, okay, let me go and tell you. Say, no, God, I don't, don't use me for example. I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. But the more I've thought about this, I realize that there is actually capacity in the Christian life to resist successfully every temptation. Why? We're not doing it alone. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. We're not doing it alone. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, which we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So someone says, are you saying, I'm not saying it's the Bible, that Jesus was tempted financially? Yes. Mm. Are you saying Jesus was tempted with regard to pride? Yes. Anger? Yes. Sexual immorality? Yes. Because the Bible says he was in all points tempted as we are. But that, it doesn't stop there. The Bible says he was yet without sin. Help me tell the person next to you, Jesus understands. So he, he doesn't understand that you say that because I have been tempted means I have to fall. No, he doesn't understand that. He understands that you will be tempted. He does. Because you know, sometimes we think we are the first people in the world to experience all the things that we're experiencing. I mean, it's, it's in Jesus' time that Judas sells a whole human being for gold. So when we think about kidnappers and we think, ah, we just invented it. No. 
Not, he sold him. And then comes and gives him a peck. And then they carry him away. But just this understanding that Jesus now lives in me means that I have capacity to do what scripture says and where we started from, James chapter 4, to resist the devil. <laughs> and so, you know, we go through this. This is important because I keep, you know, this, I keep getting the sense that, you know, this year is such a special one that there's, there's so many, it's like God is taking us through the first quarter, just preparing us for awesome things. It's just, I, I, I just get that impression. I, but I also know it's, it's, the, it's the age in which we live in, that the temptations will increase. And the whole point is that the devil is trying to pull people away from God. He's trying to pull people away from God. You know, when we read First Peter, he says, he says he's going around like a roaring lion looking for whom he will devour. He says, but resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Three things he says. He says, one, from a place of vigilance. Vigilance is also, I think, one of the same words that we stretch out to then have the vigilante. You know what that is. It's supposed to be these groups that then stay up and guard. And so a Christian must live a life that is necessarily guarded. You must be careful. He says, steadfast in the faith. He says, submitted to God. And so me and Jesus have the capacity to withstand, resist every single temptation. Why don't we try and say that? Would you say, Jesus and I have the capacity to resist every temptation? And let's say it again. So it's a sink into your heart. Say, Jesus and I have the capacity to resist every temptation. Because it, it would be unfair for God to leave us by ourselves in this battle. And he says, I will never leave nor forsake you. And, and if that's all you leave church, God's presence with this morning, is an understanding that the fact that the desire showed up doesn't mean that the process must be completed. The fact that the thought crossed your mind doesn't mean we must build a memorial there. Because there's this breed of powerlessness that is in the world today. Where first we say everyone is doing it. We're saying the cost is too much. We're saying if God knew that he didn't want me to be tempted, he wouldn't have brought the temptation. I've even heard people say, if God knew that this sexual temptation or something, just I've done a button that when I marry, then from that day, I become sexually active. You know, I don't know how that will even work, but people are like, because once, if I, if I, see when my body is shaking, P.I., God is going to put it there. <sighs> but the Bible says it is common to man. And the Bible says Jesus was in the same ways as you and I attempted. He was, the Bible says, but he was yet without sin. And when we read Genesis chapter 3, it's not just about the fact that God said, sin, let me see you, sin. Oh, you sin, you're going to die. It's not just that. It's also the fact that, you know, he understands what happens to the human heart once we walk in disobedience. Our first fathers, Adam, once they sinned, God hadn't showed up 
they began to hide from God. <laughs> and so this issue about temptation is extremely important. Vigilance, steadfastness in faith, and submission to God. What happens when you're submitted to God? The Bible says in Hebrews where we read, Hebrews 4, it says, which we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. I like to try and put this all together, read out of Daniel chapter 3 again. That same story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says, and then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible says he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Not two, not three, seven times more. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the fiery on the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and then these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered him and said to the king, True, O king. But he said, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hot and the form of the fort is like the son of God. That having the son of God living within you means that it does not matter what type of fire is burning around you. It does not matter what threats associated with the temptation. Having the son of man. Because, you, you know, the Bible says the king moved from just being angry to a place where he was astonished. Because he realized, look, I, we, had con we thought that this temptation would kill these people. He says, but there is a fourth man. There is the form of the fourth is like the son of God. And, you know, I, I strongly believe there is someone who needs to recognize the power of Jesus living within us. The power of Jesus living within us means that we can say we will not do this or we will not do that and we have the power from God not to do it. <laughs> you know they say you can, there's money and then there's money. And I know that they say people have prices because you know you can have a conversation. I don't accept bribes. This is bad. It's just, it's just one million naira, sir. We just want you to say, I don't accept bribes. I don't take bribes. He says, okay, what of 10 million? He says, look, I'm a Christian. I go to life point. I don't accept bribes. 
Okay, 10 million. 10 million is a lot of... I don't accept bribes. Okay, it's dollars. Uh, uh. <laughs> but the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. It doesn't matter how... Because this fire was not regular fire. So it wasn't just your regular Lagos boy. It wasn't just a regular Yoruba demon. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. This one had beards. Tender beards. He... He had an accent that was a mix of British and Spanish. He, he, Pierre, you don't understand. The fire was seven times hotter. It wasn't, ah, no, Pierre. Ah, no, you didn't speak, Pierre, if you see this girl. No, ah, no, Pierre. And I tried, oh. And Pierre, she was even singing gospel music at the time. But, so I thought our hearts were connected. And when she looked at me, Pierre, no, no, no. The fire fell seven times hotter. But the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Ah, Look, there is someone living within you. I, I look and I know because the Bible says there is no temptation that has overtaken you except that which is common to man. You don't know how he annoyed me. Ah, no. When he took, he took this thing, I didn't say anything. He took, his, in fact, he said this, then he said, your father. Ah, ah, no, no. I know that one. I said, no, let me set my Christianity aside for a moment. But the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And so this brand of powerless Christianity that we have been taught, where we think, oh, wow. <laughs> Look, <laughs> and guys, I, I need to speak to us, church. I need to speak to us. I need to speak to us. Because the devil will do every and anything he can to push you away from God. He knows that you were abused when you were younger. So he would push that button. He knows that you were forsaken, so he will push that button. He knows that you were looked down on, so he will push that button. But your relationship with God is so precious. I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't even have the covenant that we have in Christ Jesus. But yet this guy said, look, okay, you must well born also, because <laughs> we're, not, we're not bowing down. We're not bowing down. I don't know what they promised you. They say, Pierre, these guys are not just promising me that I'm going to be a, a, a national sensation. No. They say, if I, if I join them in this organization, this small cult, that P.I.R., that I will be hanging out with Jay-Z and I don't know who, who else. Give me names. And, and so they promised, and it's this guy they did it for. But the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. That just having Jesus dwelling within you, being vigilant, steadfast in the faith, surrendering to God, allows you to resist the devil. Allows you to resist the devil. I'm going to read those two scriptures again and we'll pray. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he would flee. 1 Peter 5 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith. And next Sunday, we start this whole discussion about the pride of life. Where, you know, the Bible says that the devil says to Jesus, Would you just show these people who you are? So we'll talk about who do people think you are and how much does it matter? You know, who do I think people are? How do I measure myself? You know, do I live for the approval of men? 
Am I trying to get back at people? Am I trying to impress people? What brands of labels? But today, we just need to start from here. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. And all things are passed away and all things are become new. He says, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us back unto himself. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 downwards. It says, and he who knew no sin, verse 21, he made to become sin, that we through this might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know who you are and where you've been. I don't know what they told you. I don't know how the devil tried to train you when you were younger. But you're carrying the Son of God. It's not just the form of the Son of God. You are carrying the Son of God within you. You're carrying Christ Jesus within you. It means you can look at the devil in the eye and say, I'm resisting you this time. Uh, it says, I know you fell in January and I know you fell on Valentine's Day, but you can carry. Today is a, is a new day and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I don't know who it is, but you know, you've been given to, maybe it was lying and lying, but the form of the fourth like Son of God, it doesn't matter anymore. Our Father, we, we thank you. Could we just pray this morning? Our Father, we thank you. 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 And our prayer this morning is, Father, uh, let the Son of God live in through me. Uh, let him manifest in all ways. Uh, the Bible says that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I don't know who needs to approach God for mercy. Because weighing upon your heart is something that you've done in the past. So you've even run away from the presence of God. I don't know who you are. But God says, I'm the one who called you. It says the devil came to trick you and, and to push you away. It says, but I'm the one who calls you. The one who strengthens you. Uh, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, so someone needs to say, Father, I receive your mercy. I receive your mercy. I receive your mercy. I was where I shouldn't have been. I ate what I shouldn't have ate. I touched what I shouldn't have touched. I said what I shouldn't have said. I receive your mercy that I may be able to resist the enemy. I submit my life to you. Someone else is saying, God, I need your grace. I need your grace. I need your grace. Could we just go ahead and pray in the spirit? Could we go ahead and pray in the spirit? Could we go ahead and pray in the spirit? Because there is a resistance that is rising on the earth. There is a resistance that is rising on the earth. The devil, you might have separated Adam and Eve from God. But just in case you did not hear the announcement, Jesus, the Son of the living God, landed on the earth. And he died for me. On the third day, raised again for me. And now lives in me. Hey, that now I can resist the devil and he would flee. No one that the Bible says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world and says this is the victory that we have. Even our faith, someone needs to begin to say, I am not falling down anymore. I resist the devil. Someone needs to begin to say, I 
I am not bowing down. It doesn't matter if the whole of Lagos has bowed down. It doesn't matter if the whole of Instagram has bowed down. It doesn't matter if the whole generation has bowed down. We are not careful to answer Nebuchadnezzar in this matter. The form of the fourth is as the Son of God. Follow me, do you have a song? Jesus lives in me. Hey, Jesus lives in me.
the rest of the church just goes ahead and celebrates Jesus in worship and praying in the Holy Ghost. There might be someone here this morning who's saying, Idris, I don't know Jesus. And from what you say, I need Jesus. Because Christ in us is the hope of glory. Someone says I'm far from God and I want to come home. All I ask is that you put your hands on your heart. Everyone around is closed eyes, praying, giving you the privacy of the moment. But your hand on your heart saying, Jesus, would you come into my heart today? The Bible says if you will confess with your mind, your, your heart, if you confess, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that Jesus will save you, that Jesus will save you. He will come and indwell you and give you strength to resist. I'm going to give us one minute to speak to ourselves. There's a confession over your own life. You're saying, I resist in the name of the Lord Jesus. When I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus, I overcome temptation in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says the one who dwells within me that he was in every way tempted but yet without sin. Someone just begin to declare that over your life. I stand in resistance against the devil and his cohort and every temptation. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I am born of God. I am born of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It does not matter what they call me. They might have even called you a drunkard. They might have video clips about you in, in funny places. But I want you to stand in the name of the Lord Jesus and make a declaration over your life. And says, Christ in me is the hope of glory. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I stand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I am not just fighting, I am overcoming. I am not just fighting, I am overcoming. I am not just fighting, I am overcoming. All the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. God is helping me. God is helping me. God is helping me. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.